Hello, and welcome to Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gregson. My mission is to find everyday people who are delightful. The people I interview have attractive energy and a positive outlook on life. And I want to give them a platform to share their stories so that others can have hope in the midst of their struggles and see delight in a world that at times can seem gloomy. I will uncover the life experiences of the guests that I interview, which have enabled them to look at life in such an inspiring and delightful way, with the belief that to understand the light, one has to be acquainted with the dark. My guests will share their personal experiences on finding their way through dark and hopeless times and give us a glimpse into the powerful gifts they received in their darkest hours to rise up, take up hope, and view life through new, hope-filled eyes. Is it possible that in our darkest hours, we are given a gift to find the light which leads to our greatest delights? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Come Towards Delight. I'm your host, Mike Gregson, and uh, I just want to say thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening uh, to me. I, I feel like this has been a really fun adventure for me, and I feel like I am learning so much doing this that even if no one else is, I'm going to keep doing it because I feel like I'm growing a ton of my life. Um, it's it's a fun episode today for me personally. Um, and, and I feel like for the audience, for you, those of you that are listening, um, this is going to be an awesome, an awesome podcast. Chris LeSueur is my guest today. Chris lives down in Arizona with his family. And when I was in Arizona um, in 2000, about 2004 to about 2007, um, I started working for, for Chris and his family at a car dealership that they own in Scottsdale called the Swear Car Company and um, just fell in love with Chris and his family. Um, great family. Worked with him and his, his brothers and then his father Warren as well. And um, my life in the background was kind of falling apart, but I was surrounded by a lot of good goodness in the Swear family. And Chris is somebody that when I was in Arizona, I really looked up to a lot because there were qualities about Chris that like I really wanted to have. And they're not easy qualities or characteristics that are easy to develop. It takes a lot of work and effort. And what I mean by that is, Chris, you are one of the most disciplined men that I have ever met in my life. Um, you. And you work so hard. I, you know, there were days that I would, I would come to the dealership on Saturday. I'd get there early in the morning and you'd come strolling into work at the same time or you'd be there before me. And I'd say, how many, you know, how many miles did you ride today? Or how many, how many miles did you run? And you'd usually say like, oh, I did about a 114 mile bike ride this morning before getting to work. And here it is like 7 a.m. And I'm like, <laughs> whatever. I don't know how this guy does it, but, <laughs> but th there's a quality of discipline. And I look at that as like the ability to focus your mind, have a goal and and just be determined. You, you have a determination that is, is strong. Nothing you, you've, you've kind of gotten to the point in your life where nothing really stands in the way of something that you want to achieve. And that's powerful because that a lot of times when we have goals and things, it's, it's hard to keep uh, motivation for that. You know, like new year's resolutions, we lose them after a month or two throughout the year. And then we're like later in the year, we're like, ah, we'll try again towards we get to the end. And I don't want to talk for too long, but, but it's also a quality who has turned you into a guy that gives people the benefit of the doubt. You, you look at people, the way that you look at people is with room. 
you give people room to grow. You want them to grow. If they want to grow, then you find out how and what ways they, they, they can or want to. And you help, like you literally are there to help. And, and I know that if I would have kind of plugged into that a little bit more being around you, uh, you would have helped me in any way that I, I would have wanted. But obviously I wasn't there in my life at that point. So anyway, um, Chris, I, I'm excited for your message today. I think we're, we're going to get a lot of benefit from listening to you. Um, I know you have a CrossFit gym in Arizona right now, CrossFit Preferred. And I want you to talk about that. Um, and I know you will as you get into your story. So anyway, Chris, introduce yourself and tell us about you. And, and let's let's get on with your message here. Cool. Thank you for the the kind words. That's very nice. Nice to hear. And um, I've well, always. I've, <laughs> thank you. I'm not going to let it go to my head, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, when I first met you, um, it, I do believe it was around 2004. Um, I was very impressed with you too. And, you know, that, that was a, a different time for, for both of us. Um, you were going through some different things and, but you always had like the kindest heart and we're, you know, just super positive. And, um, it's been really fun to see how much you've grown over the years. And, um, I don't, I'm trying to remember how old you are. I know I'm a little older than you. I hit 40 this year, my friend. No, awesome. Well, last year, November last year. Yeah. That's cool. So, I turned 44 this next weekend. And, so. and you, you look like you're 25, my friend. Holy <laughs> cow. Except for the little bit of gray up top. Oh, I'm, I'm going gray and it's starting to thin a little. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's fun. Yeah. Yep. So I'm not sure where to start, but I'll, I'll start with my family. So um, my wife and I, Tirsa, we've, we've been, been married over 18 years now, and uh, we have five kids. We have um, a 14-year-old girl, a 12-year-old girl, a 9-year-old girl, and then we really wanted to try and have a boy, so we thought, you know, we'll, we'll try and go for four. And um, we had twins, so we have twin boys that are seven, that'll be eight this year, and they're, they're a lot of fun. And um, crazy thing with, with kids is, you know, you always, when you first have kids are like, you know, make sure you don't, don't take that time for granted with your kids. It's going to go by fast. And now I have a almost 15 year old and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm realizing that I'm running out of time at home with some of my kids. And, um, I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm really, being the dad I want to be to them and the dad that they need me to be, you know? So, um, it's family super important to me. Friends and, and family relationships are, are super important to me. And I've really, you know, I, I've always known that was important, but I've really realized the last little while that you have to really work on each individual relationship or you're not going to have as strong relationships that you want in your life and you got to plan things out and you got to kind of know how you're, you're going to work on each relationship and, and make it happen. So that's been a, a big real realization of mine lately. And, um, we can get into some more of that later. I was going to say that's, I, I think that right there brings up a topic that we could talk about for hours. So I, w let's, let's make sure we circle back to that about how you focus on like the one-on-one -on -one growing a relationship. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. Um, so I, I'm not sure where to start as far as like tell you my journey, all that, that kind of stuff. But, um, one thing that, that, um, is really important to me and that I've, I've learned over the years, I have been able to accomplish a lot of different things over the years. And, and I don't share these things to, to pat myself on the back, back, you know, but, um, I hope that it'll help someone to want to try harder in, in different areas. Um, at first motivation will get you started, but the biggest thing I've learned is that you have to set up a process for how you're going to do things in life. And, uh, if you go purely off motivation, motivation fades. So you really have to set, have a process and know what you're going to do each day. And that's not something I, I learned overnight. Um, that's taken years to figure out. And, you know, when, when I first got married, the main thing that I did was I worked all the time. And, um, even, even through high school, um, starting in junior high, I lived about five miles from my family's car lot, Lesueur car company. And I would ride my bike to work after school every day. And, um, you know, I had a lot of friends that were, were playing and, and doing lots of fun things. And I still did some, some fun things, but it was fun to me to go to work, you know? So how old, at the time, you, how old were you when you first like started going and working at the lot every day? Um, I was there from the time I was in a playpen, but that the crazy thing with our car lot, um, the, it was an old house. When you worked there, it was a house. It's not anymore. I don't know if you've seen that, but yeah, I've seen the pictures. It's awesome. Yeah. It's changed a lot. So when you worked there, it was an old house and an old barn. It was like our car lot was like, unlike any other car lot you've ever seen. And my parents started it in 1975 with two cars and, um, they had just been married and, um, they just started building this business and rented the, the place and eventually bought the land. And we've built it into a, an awesome business over the years. We've been in business 46 years now. And, um, but my first house was that house no at LaSuera Car Company. So, no so I've, I, I've, I've literally I, worked there my whole life. I lied. <laughs> I've been to the new car dealership. It was about oh two, three years ago and it's beautiful. But yes, that, that, so you lived in that house for a while as a kid. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For the first little bit. And then my mom was like, this is nuts. <laughs> they, they bought a house somewhere else and yeah. came work and we had a home, you know, I so, but um, my parents lived there for a little while, you know, for two to three years at least. And, um, so that was, it was pretty cool to be able to, to grow up there. And, and, um, I'd ride my bike there. My, my dad, when I was, was younger, um, he had to have like, a like a hernia surgery one time. And I was old enough that I could go help. So I would ride my bike there and, and I would help him. And that's how I, I really started doing that, you know, around, 12, 13, 14, somewhere in that, that area. Yeah. I don't know if I'd be comfortable yeah. with my kids riding yeah. that far now, but that's what I did. And it wasn't different, a big deal. Different day back then. Right. Yeah. So when you would go in, were you like just detailing cars or, or yeah, I was cleaning cars. I actually sold my first car when I was 14 though. Shut up. That's <laughs> odd. Is there like a log? It's that? there probably was, <laughs> but yeah. I sold it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Yep. So that was fun. 
And um, so I still do that as well as CrossFit Preferred. Um, and CrossFit Preferred was, uh, it was an interesting way that I got into that. And we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. But, um, you know, in, in 2002, 2003, when I first got married, I realized that I was just working a ton. And I realized that that wasn't all I wanted to be known for was, you know, for, for working at a car lot. And I'd gotten out of, you know, I was out of shape, um, hadn't been doing a whole lot in that area. I remember playing a softball game one day and, and running to one of the bases and um, pulling a muscle, you know, just like beat up. And I was in my low 20s at that point. I was like, this, this is dumb. I can't be like that. <laughs> and so, and I didn't play sports in high school. I didn't do any, any of that kind of stuff. I, I was into like mountain biking, rollerblading, skateboarding, that kind of stuff. I really enjoyed that stuff. And Chris, and then, this is probably ward ball, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, no, this one was with uh, like a car lot team. Oh, good. I was going to say team. ward softball. That's a danger zone, man. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would play those. Those were the sports I played growing up were ward, ward yeah. things. Yeah. Our bas our basketball team was dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> like we, I, we thought we were something. I don't know. <laughs> We were, we were not very kind, but, um, learned some good lessons in that, Yeah. but, but, uh, really learned that I wanted to, to do more. And, and one day my, my wife and I were, uh, there was an Ironman race and I, you know, I'd seen this stuff about the Hawaii one, but we, we rode over, rode over there. We had some bikes and, uh, the car lots really close to Tempe town Lake area. So we would we'd sometimes go hang out in that, that area and go to some restaurants around there, but we were checking out the, the Ironman race and I was just intrigued by it. And, um, I was just amazed that people could go do that kind of stuff. So started doing that and, um, looking into that, did a marathon, did some, some other little races. And, um, for me, as I've done like races, it's almost become, in a way a sickness. Cause I'm like, oh, I could do more than that. You know, I could do a little more than that. And, um, so I do, did a marathon and then I, I started doing, had a friend, um, encourage me to, he's like, let's do a triathlon. And neither one of us had ever done one. And we did one. It was like, a, an Olympic distance. Um, and those for people that don't know, that's like a 1500 meter swim. So about a mile swim. And then like a, I don't know, 20 something bike. And then like a six mile run somewhere in that area. And that was a lot for me then. Yeah. And, uh, we finished that and my friend is like, we should do an Ironman. <laughs> so, so that was a 140 mile triathlon. And you weren't, you weren't running, but before you did this first event with your friend, you weren't running or biking or any of that at all were you no not at all I so mean, i i mean i trained a little bit we trained up for it yeah he was a friend of mine named Derek price and um he was my chiropractor and um i i'd go to him and and um he was just he was contagious like yeah. he was really fun he was actually uh an nfl football player for the detroit lions and um you know he he did a good job and then he hurt his neck really bad and he had he wasn't able to to play yeah in the nfl anymore 
And so he became a chiropractor, but he still had that, that drive, you know, that, uh, yeah. someone that, that level would have. You, you found the motivation. So you, you, going back real quick and, I, and I'll be brief with this, but you found the motivation. You said after that, you had to come up with a process, like a pattern, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's almost like you found the motivation. You started talking about it. You connected with a buddy who was like gung ho about things as well. And yep. then that kind of helped you kind of break the ice and get into it, if you will. Totally. That's yeah. Awesome. Cool. And then that buddy, you know, he would come, he would always come up with a good plan. Um, and he, he always accomplishes things, but then his desire for it, I've seen him go through so many different things and, um, but still I, I love him. He's, yeah. he's super fun and I've learned a lot from him. But when I did the Ironman, I actually hired a coach and um, that's when I really gained uh, an understanding for how much a coach can help you. And even going further back than that, I did, I took another program that was called JFDI that my uncle had really encouraged me to do. And um, it was like, it was mainly for like professionals, corporate professionals. And um, it just taught a lot of things. And I, I kind of dipped my toes into that and I spent a chunk of money. And the funny thing with that was my uncle kept bothering me about it. And um, he would have somebody call me, one of these coaches from the place that was trying to get you to do it. He would keep calling me. I was like, I don't want to do it. You know, I'm not, I'm not interested in it. Please. Yeah. I just, I don't want to do that. So that's not me. And, but he, he didn't give up on me, the salesperson guy or coach. And my uncle didn't either. And so finally he's like, I'm just going to do it. Whatever, you know, I'll get him off my back. I'm like, how bad could it be? And so I wasn't, you know, I was younger and in learning what, what was important to me, but, but I learned a lot of things at that. So that was a really cool thing to be able to do. And I saw the value of coaching. And so I, I actually was at a bike store and um, I ran into this guy that I'd sold cars to before. And it turns out his name was Nick Goodman. And it turns out that, that he was now coaching people to do triathlon. And his specialty was, was Ironman triathlon. So he's like, you bought that nice bike. Now we got to build up your, your engine, Yeah, you know? So, so we did that and I worked with him for about a year and, and learned a ton. It was, it was well worth it. Every time I've hired a coach, I've just, I've gone up. It's like hitting a warp zone for me. Like it helps you to, to get to another level. It's an investment. I'd I'd imagine you're investing something in it that you got skin in the game. And so you go with a mind to learn and grow and and you pick apart everything you can to take away from that. Go, go back to, is it JFDI? Is that what you called it? Yeah. Yeah. Go back to that. Is that, did you travel to meet with this coach? Did you go to like a boot camp kind of thing? What was that? So that was a, like a three day overnight type thing. Um, you know, they, they made it look all nice that it was at, at this nice place in the middle of nowhere in Nevada. And, um, so we, I get there, it's in, in Las, I fly into Las Vegas and they pick me up and I go to this weird, weird, like strip mall. <laughs> and, um, then they have a bus come like a little, uh, maybe not a full on bus, but this you get on the short bus. Yeah. Like this big van and it takes us all out 
and I don't, I'm like, I don't know what this is even all about. They're dumping and, me in uh, the middle of the desert. Yeah. And I've been trying to remember the name of the town. I believe I pass the, the turnoff to it every time I go to St. George, but it was like, forget what it was, but it, it was something that was really hot sounding, Okay, you know, it was in the middle of the desert. Yeah. And, um, but it was a really cool thing. And, and we did all these different like seminars all day and we stayed up super late and then they'd be like, and we need you up at like four in the morning or five in the morning. So we'd get like a couple hours sleep and then we'd go on and we'd do more all day. And it was, it was really a cool, cool thing. Yeah. I was looking it up yesterday to see if it was still around. Yeah. I couldn't find it right away. So I don't, I don't know that it's still going, but it was a really cool. I love, I love that you, you, you watch a triathlon or you watch an Ironman. I mean, I, Chris, I, I see an Ironman from the distance, especially when they start off in the water at Tempe town Lake. And I'm like, Nope, I'm good. Like they're, you know, yeah. they're kicking each other in the head and they got to swim like three miles or whatever. And I'm good. But you, you see that and you go, you know, I can do that as well. And so the, as you said, the motivation is there, but then immediately you started talking about it. You and your wife start talking about it. You talk about it with friends all of a sudden you kind of gather your team and you've got people that are, are there to help you like motivate you. And then the process, the pattern starts to come together because you've got skin in the game. And, mm-hmm. and at that point, you've kind of set yourself up for success to really get going with these things and make that a part of you. Yep. That's awesome. Okay. Keep going. Thanks. So that helped, that helped a lot to be able to, to do that. And, and it, and it takes a team and, and that didn't happen overnight. My, I did my first Ironman in 2007 and then um, I did a bunch. Of, I learned really fast that Iron for me and, and for my, my schedule with, with work and family and everything, um, it wasn't the most positive thing for me to spend time on. Um, just, you know, we just had our, our first daughter, Maya, in 2006. And, um, you know, and I was, I was doing Ironman training and I was just, I would come home just dead to the world. Like my day off, I'd go, you know, at the peak of the training, you're, you're out biking for five to six hours. And then you come home and all I wanted to do was nothing. You know, I wanted to lay on the couch Yeah. and, and I would get up early so that I could get it done and, and be with Teresa and Maya at that time. But um, I was I was worthless. I was just wasted, you know. Yeah. And and so, for me, with a little help from Tirsa, always takes a good good teammate. You know, she's like, I hate Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I I loved it. It yeah. was so fun to me. Like it was such a challenge, yeah. and I did pretty decent on my first one. I I. Um, I did, they give you 17 hours to do it. And, um, I finished my first one in 10 hours and 57 minutes. And I was feeling really good about that. You know, like I was like, I could build off of that. That's amazing. But I didn't do another one until like 2010. Uh-huh. And, and I signed up for one in St. George. That's where Tirsa's family's from. And it turns out at the time, that was the toughest Ironman in the world. Oh, no kidding. With climbing and everything. Yeah. And and they only did that one for like, I think, 
two years, maybe. Oh, so it's no more, huh? They switched it to a half Ironman. Now they brought it back. Okay. Um, but I haven't done a full Ironman since, since that time. And I, I ended up getting into other things. And, uh, but I, during 2007 to 2011, I did a lot of half Ironmans and learned that that was a good balance for my family. Like it didn't, didn't destroy my, yeah. I wasn't wasted all the time. So yeah. you didn't have to train as hard. I, I mean, I remember back to that time and you, gosh, the amount of, the amount of riding and running, it was like it was a, crazy. The ton. I mean, I used to sit there and be like, Chris, you're killing my motivation. Just hearing what you're doing. Like I'm going to, I'm going to quit. <laughs> I, I don't want to do anything anymore. Cause if I got to do that, that's crazy. But yeah. you're, you, you put in so much to it anyway. It was fun. So I did that up until like the end of 2011 and my friend Derek that had, had got me into triathlon at the time, yeah. you know, he was like, Hey, uh, we, some friends of mine and I, we just started a CrossFit gym. You should come try it out. And I had just done a race, um, just a little race. And, um, I actually won the race. Like you I did. got, I got first place. It was it was just a local one. It was down in Casa Grande. And um, the whole day, there was this guy in front of me. And I was chasing him. Like, the whole time. I was like, man, I cannot catch this guy. He's so, so fast. And um, it's the only race I ever won. But the crazy thing is, that guy that was in front of me, he was doing a duathlon, not a triathlon. And so he hadn't done the swim or anything. <laughs> And I, he was just my rabbit the whole day. <laughs> and I, I go through the finish line and they're like, in first place, Chris. <laughs> You're like, wait. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I, was, I was pretty excited about that. Yeah. And, um, but the crazy thing was on my way home, my, my friend Derek called me and he's like, we started this CrossFit gym. You'd love it. You'd do awesome at it. I'd love for you to try it out. And I was, at the time, I was actually feeling pretty burned out on triathlon it's i'd done it for you know like five years at that point straight yeah and i was doing like 12 13 races a year somewhere in that area and um and still working and growing our family and all that kind of stuff and um so i started doing crossfit and i was going to just take it a little easier that year and um i did for a little while and then i met my friend my friend Derek and another friend Bacho, they had done this thing called Silfit. And I was like, and it was a, a 55 hour boot camp put on by Navy, like a retired Navy SEAL and current Navy SEALs that, that put it on. And it was based off Hell Week. And it was, it was 55 hours long, um, no sleep allowed. Oh. And I was like, I will never do that. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Why would anyone to want slow to slow down that? right now? This doesn't Yeah, I'm up. trying to take it easier this year. Yeah. And so they they had done that and um I was impressed and like and I couldn't get it out of my mind. And then I joined this CrossFit gym, CrossFit Preferred that I was super excited about. And um I was like, "Man, why didn't you guys ask me to be a part of this? I I would have loved to have been a part of that." And, um, but I, I went there, had fun and, um, quickly learned that I was a lot better at triathlon than CrossFit. <laughs> and, um, I still feel like I'm definitely not the best person at CrossFit, but it's a lot of fun. But I, I think, I, I think it. 
from what I know about you and what and the story you've told so far, when you find something that like you're you don't excel in that challenges you, you're kind of drawn to those things. Yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Some of yep. us go, no, nah, I'm good. Like I'm I don't ever <laughs> want to do that again. And Chris, yep. like, oh, that was hard. That sucked. I want to do it more. I'm gonna get better yeah. at this thing. Yeah, that's it's awesome. Fun. Yeah, I always I always tell people that that it's fun when it's horrible. Yeah. And I always get told that I have a, a different sense of fun, but I love that, that challenge. And I know. love, I love, I love that mindset. That's like an unbreakable mindset to me. Cause I, yeah. Anyway, keep going. I, I we'll, we'll come back to that mindset that you've got to have to do those things. Cool. Cool. So ended up um, meeting this, I met this guy named Ben Dodge. I'd heard of him. Didn't know much about him. And um he knew that I had done Ironman and so had he. And uh, he's like, we should do the Silfit Kokoro camp. That's the 55 hour boot camp. And so I was like, nah, that's crazy. And then he just kept kind of nudging me on it for a little while. And um, I ended up doing it and we both trained for it the rest of the year. And uh, in October of 2012, we went to go do that. And, um, that was one of the most pivotal life-changing events of my life. Like it's, it's put me on a different path ever since. And um, as I trained up for that, I was talking to some of their coaches and one of their coaches recommended their program called unbeatable mind. And it's all, all about mental training. And some of it was, was super strange to me. And like, totally foreign to me. Like it included meditation and, you know, just all kinds of stuff that now, you know, eight, nine years later is becoming a little more mainstream and normal. Then I was like, man, I haven't even heard of that. That sounds super strange, super weird. And, but I, I started working on a lot of that stuff and I, I, uh, I completed that 55 hour boot camp, And I believe that that really helped me a lot to yeah. do that. Yeah. And, um, again, you know, had other coaches helping me along the way, the guy that, that started Silfit, his name's Mark divine. And he's written some books called, uh, uh, the way of the seal. Um, there's one called, uh, what is it? Oh, I'm forgetting the name of it, but something with the wolf and, um, staring down the wolf or something like that. And uh, just learned a lot of really cool things from him. And I did some some other trainings with them over the next few years. And um, that was that helped me a ton. Um, he has great books. Then I, you know, in 2014, my friends offered me to uh, offered myself and a couple other friends to buy into a CrossFit gym. And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds super cool. I'll, I'll do that. I'll be into that. And so I was just going to buy like a small portion. And, you know, I grew up in a family business and I was like, I have a, a good grasp on how to do a business, how to run a business. Sure. I could do this. Yeah. And um, I quickly learned that they weren't really into making the business better so much. Like it just seemed like they were happy with where it was. And I wanted, like, if I was going to be involved in it, I wanted to make it better. Yeah. So over time I, I ended up, buying the rest of them out. And now in, in 2014, Teresa and I bought the whole gym and 
man, I, I thought I, I had an idea how to do things. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> no idea. That's awesome. And, um, but the, I heard someone in a talk last Sunday say the fastest way to learn is to take action. And, um, I really learned that through owning a, a business and I wouldn't recommend doing it the way I did it. Um, it took a lot of years and a lot of money. And, uh, if I didn't have my other job and a desire to make that gym, what it is today, it wouldn't be around anymore. Cause I was, I was, it was a money pit for me for quite a while. That, that, so, that quote right there, fastest way to learn is to take action. The thing that, the thing that is, is interesting about your journey is like all this, me- like I'm, I'm sitting here listening, Chris, and I go, gosh, the physical work that you're putting in here is just, it's tremendous. It's huge. It's like, it's, it's overwhelming. But, but as you do that, and as you work with, like, as you do Silfit and you do all this stuff, like the mental toughness, the mental strength that you're developing um, it, that, that is something that is so powerful because this idea that fastest way to learn to take action, a lot of us get stalled when we like, we want to do something, the motivation's there, but because we don't know how we kind of go all the way to that point of like needing to take the jump and just do it. And we stop. And mm-hmm. it's because of our mental toughness. It's, it's, it's because of, of us all of a sudden getting afraid of, do I really know how to do this? Is it going to break me? Is it going to ruin me? And it's like this whole, the whole pattern of your life is setting you up to this point where you're able to really move into this thing. And you've got the mental toughness to say, Hey, I don't know how to do it perfectly, but I'm going to do it and I can, and it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. That's neat. Thanks. Thanks. The, the biggest thing that, that really brought that desire for me was as I would do these, these events, my confidence would, would just grow all the time, you know, and, um, I wanted to help people to have that same experience. And with, with Silfit and unbeatable mind, I, uh, I really wanted to, to it, it, they would really encourage you to, to take it to other things in your life, not just fitness. Like in the beginning, it was all about fitness. Like I wanted to be better physically. But then I learned things mentally that that really helped me to create more discipline in my life. And then they're like, and here are 25 books that we recommend you read, you know, and and one of them was four hour work week. And I was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> so I studied that one for a while and I still really like Tim Ferriss that wrote that. Um, and it's not not about a four hour work week yeah. um, for those that don't know, but um, it's all about doing things more efficient, you know, doing things efficiently. And, um, so I started reading and, um, you know, I, I'd, I'd been casual in my, my reading scriptures and, you know, studying different things. And, um, I slowly, that actually was a spark that, that really helped me to want to to understand the gospel better and to read scriptures more and, you know, and, and learn from books that, that have wisdom in them, you know, and, um, and learn from that and not, not just church books. I started reading other books too. Um, and I shouldn't say just church books. The church books were, were very instrumental in, in helping me. 
and so many other people, you know, but, um, really, re that really helped me to, to start making that a part of my day. And so I, I created a morning routine. Um, I remember hearing, uh, Iring, president Iring say, you know, that he'd never missed a day of reading the book of Mormon in, in so many years. <laughs> and I was like, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> that he hadn't, hadn't missed it. And I, and I haven't been as good as him, but I have read, you know, maybe not the book of Mormon every day, but I have read scriptures every day yeah. for many, many years. And, um, I've learned that the best way for me to do that is to, and you know, if, if you're not, um, going to church and you, you need to start somewhere, find a book that has wisdom in it and learn from it and, and just read a little bit every day. In the beginning, it was just like a verse of scripture, you know, or a couple of verses. And then it grew. And, um, I, I didn't keep growing the time every day, but I kind of created a, a certain amount of time. So I, I like to start my morning with like 10 to 15 minutes of scripture study right in that area. And then um, when I'll drive to the gym or when I'm working out, I'll listen. My, my process is I listen to two at the moment, and I've done this for many years now. I'll listen to two conference talks. Oh, cool. Again, it doesn't, for those not going to church, it doesn't have to be a church thing. Find something positive yeah. that, that's going to help you to grow and want to become better. For yeah. me, it's been conference talks, and it's been a huge thing for me. And um, they've had, they have audio of conference talks all the way back to the early seventies. And uh, I'm now up to 2012. No kidding. So uh, you started all the way back. That's awesome. Yeah. I so I, I, and you know, I don't sometimes when the newer, not sometimes when the newer ones come out every six months, I'll listen to those for a while and then, and then I'll go back and forth on those. So, but I'm now in the, uh, actually I'm in yeah, I'm in April of two or October of 2012. So I'm about in the teens. Yeah, so, that is awesome. I but, love it. So it's that's been a really big helper for for me and helped me to grow in a lot of areas. Awesome. And um, so before I can listen to a podcast or another book, I listen to two of those. So that's just a, a little process or rule I set up for myself, and it's made a big difference. For so me. <clears throat> we're we're kind of getting to the point where. I know, I know you've got some things you've got to get to today and, and you're kind of getting towards the end of your story. Um, <clears throat> do you mind if I ask you some questions at this point? Yeah, no problem. And we're okay on time. We're totally <clears throat> One of the coolest things um, that I, I really appreciate about you, you mentioned your wife, Tirsa. Tirsa is a nutritionist, right? She studied mm -hmm. nutrition, um, health for the body and, and what you eat, exercise, all that stuff. And as you've transitioned this into your life, and, and kind of going back to that point where you were doing an Ironman and you were working so hard, it was so fun for you. You worked so hard and then you kind of got burnt out a little bit. And in your mind, you, you, you know, you said that you wanted to be able to spend more time with your family. And what's amazing about that is, is you mentally, as you're thinking that, and you're trying to pattern your life where you can make that happen. And I know that's still a goal for you, right? We never, we're never perfect at those things, but yeah. As, you, as you put that in your mind and you start to work towards that, all of a sudden, you know, you've moved, you've transitioned into this CrossFit gym 
and your wife is a partner of yours in the gym, right? So you guys are able yeah. to work together a lot on that. Mm -hmm. How's that I, been for you? It's been really, it's been, it was hard for a couple of years mm -hmm. because we, you know, I, I bought into that in the beginning and kind of had her blessing on it, but I'd say I, I didn't have her full buy-in. Yeah. You know? And um, our kids were young and we had, you know, kids up until 2013. So she had babies going on up until, you know, young babies up until, you know, 2015, 2016. And twins. And, if, and yeah, and twins at that. <clears throat> so we had three in diapers at one point. And, uh, you know, so it was, it was pretty, pretty crazy. So her being a huge part of the gym, it, she wasn't in the beginning. And, um, she, when the kids went to school, you know, started, started kindergarten, she started getting more involved with the gym and, um, she loves it. She's done an, an amazing job building it up and, um, she's really taken over and as well as all of our other, we have a lot of part-time employees. We now have one full-time employee that helps us with, with everything. Um, but we have an awesome team of coaches, all super cool people that inspire you to want to become better and um, will push you out of your comfort zone. And, and they've done an amazing job. That's awesome. I, I'm just super, super proud of, of what it's become over so the cool. years and feel like we have, we have the best team we've ever had right now. Yeah. Coaches and it's so, been really cool. So CrossFit is super intimidating to those who've never done it. I mean, you watch videos of guys doing guys and gals doing CrossFit and you're like, holy crap, man. <laughs> like I'm good. Yeah. Your mind, you're like, yeah, jump in. I'm in. Let's do this. My mind mm -hmm. goes, hey, I'm good. Um, I'm going to go pull the weeds in my backyard because that's too much for my brain. <laughs> <laughs> so when you come to your gym, you you guys look at each person that comes in. Do you sit down and kind of and go over like? Do you create a process for them? Does do you do. and Kirsa and other coaches get involved and say, "Hey, mind, body, spirit. This is what we're going to do for you. This is how we're going to help you get to where you need to be." Is that kind of how it works? Go, walk me through that a little bit. Yeah. So it it starts out, and and we didn't learn this for a lot of years. And this this is another story. Some some huge people that have been a part of of helping us grow them and, and build the business to what it was is another coach. You know, yeah. we had a business coach named Marcus Gersey that I met like four years ago. And, um, we'll fast forward to this a little bit, but he, he helped us for a few years, just, um, just totally helped me and Tirsa, um, not only make the business better, but he really focuses on, on figuring out what, I'm all about what Tirsa was all about and making sure that our values aligned with the business. And it wasn't just about making money. It was about being true to who we are Yeah, and um, also learning to how to, to meet more people like us. Yeah. So, you know, like the way we do our marketing is, you know, we, we post about the people in our gym and what we like, and I have a podcast now too, that I've been doing for the last year. And, uh, you know, we really focus on, on those different things, but the big thing that we learned from one, one of our business coaches in the beginning, like most CrossFit gyms, we just had people come in and throw them in. Yeah. 
good luck. You know, we'd, we'd show them a couple things. Yeah. We were horrible. That was the worst thing we could have done. Come back and we'll test you again next time, right? People weren't staying. Yeah. You know, that, that was not a good way to do it. So we learned how to create a, an intro session. The first day we have someone come in. It takes usually about 45 minutes, maybe, maybe up to an hour, depending on questions. And we get to know the person and figure out what they want to accomplish by coming in and doing CrossFit. And sometimes we learn that it's not for them, you know, in that it's a free intro session that we do. And then we put them through a workout and uh, it's always interesting to see how people attack that first workout. Some people will be like, yeah, I'm going to crush it. And within a minute or two, they're just breathe. They can't even breathe. You know, they got Uh, crushed. We're like, this isn't a workout about showing us how tough you are you know, how, how well you can work out. It's about seeing how you move. So we see how they move in each movement. And we start with very basic movements because we don't, there are some, some technical movements that you, you learn in CrossFit, but it's, we really baby step people into it. And so after the intro session, if they decide it's something they want to do, we do, um, they sign up for their first month. They have 30 days to decide if it's something they want to continue on and, and, um, and do. And, and we do an intro or a foundations program with them for three days before they're able to come into class. And we teach them all the basics of each movement. That's now awesome. they don't learn, learn them perfect. Sure. I still don't know them perfectly. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, I hire coaches or we hire coaches that are really good at it. And, um, they're able to help. And, and they still, the cool thing about CrossFit is the coaches are there to help you. And then the people that have been doing it a long time, they'll even say, Hey, if you do this, it'll be a little better. Yeah. So it becomes like this really awesome community and um, we all help each other become better. It's, so it's a cool, cool, cool uh, community team that we build. I, Chris, I keep going back. My, my mind, keeps going back to one of the things you mentioned in the very beginning. I had the motivation, but I had to develop the process or pattern, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, I, I, I'm thinking about this and I'm like, God, you guys, you guys, when, when somebody walks into a CrossFit gym, there's a change in their life they want to make. Usually oh, really? it starts physically, but so much of it is a mental thing too. And to have the courage to walk in, that's, that's kind of scary. Sometimes you don't know what to expect mm-hmm. when you come in. And you meet with these people who are warm, they're welcoming, they're inviting, and then they walk you through this process of really like getting to know you and what's going to be best for you. And then honestly, sometimes like you guys are willing to say, Hey, maybe this isn't what is right for you right now. Like Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool too, because you're actually looking at the person as an individual with, with love and compassion for who they are and the life they have. Mm-hmm. And if the desire's there and you feel like it's the right fit, you have a whole process for them. You bring them in and, and, and then it just, it becomes something that really builds their life. Mm-hmm. I, I think about this process in so many different things too, like mentally and spiritually. Like for example, when somebody, when somebody has a spiritual um, experience in their life and they connect with God, you have to act, you have to, you have to create processes patterns in your life, just like anything else. If you don't, the motivation's there, right? It's there at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But if we don't create those patterns and processes, what happens? 
eventually it diminishes, it goes away and it becomes forgotten until we're like desperate and we need it. And, and I, man, I, I'll tell you, like, I, that's a powerful thing to me to hear that message repeatedly throughout your story here. It's pretty cool. Thanks. Thanks. So, so yeah, it makes a big difference for people to help them do that. And that's, that's the other great thing about CrossFit is, you know, most gyms you go to, you know, you, some of the bigger gyms, Globo gyms, yeah, go in those and you walk in and you're like, oh, what am I going to do today? But in CrossFit, there's a, with what the way we do it, there's a plan every single day. And so we do, we have programming that we do. It's different every single day. And we know what we're going to do. We, we have it planned out far in advance. And there's a, a goal at the end of each. Basically, there are like two to three month training blocks. And there's a goal that you're going to get to. And um, it makes a big difference. So we'll, we'll build up a lot of base strength or build up your cardio. And it's, a, it's an awesome process that's in place. And then the bigger thing, like, you know, fitness is great. But if you're not eating good, it makes, it doesn't make that big of a difference. You know, um, the people that do the best focus on nutrition and their fitness. And so Tirsa's background in nutrition, her, her degrees from ASU, um, she graduated in that, uh, when we had our, she actually finished when she, we had our first daughter, Maya, and, um, she, she wanted to do something with that to help people. It was important to her. And um, it's really cool that she's able to do that now. And we've created a whole, we actually have a whole nutrition program so that, you know, if somebody's not into CrossFit, we actually have a nutrition program that they can, can only do that if they want. Yeah. And then the people that do awesome do both. Yeah. And um, it's so cool, like to help people and, and see them change. You know, you, you, you totally see their demeanor change. They'll come in not feeling super confident in the beginning and within a few months or maybe longer, you just see them become better. And in the cool thing, this has been my experience is you become better in fitness. You want to become better in all areas of your life. You know, that's for me, that's where it started. And that's, it really built my confidence in different areas and, and, um, I wanted to share that with other people and that that's what we do at our gym. So we do those, the intro, the three days of foundations, we do a nutrition day. And then before you, when you go into your first class, we actually have somebody shadow the person on their first day in class. So they're not just getting thrown in. Yeah. We, we teach them that. So still connected really, really try and nurture that, that relationship and, and help them build their process. Yeah. That's awesome. If you look at the three facets of our life, right? Mind, body, spirit. We, we, we kind of tend, at least for me personally, I'll talk, I'm going to talk me, not generalize it, but like for me personally, usually I'm missing one of the three. Mm -hmm. I usually at one point in my life do pretty good with like two, yeah. you know, like spiritually and, um, my, I read, I read books. And so like spiritually and mentally I'm doing okay, but like, I'm doing nothing for my physical body. But I've, what I've learned is the times that I'm the happiest in my life, the times that I feel that I have the most peace and joy is when I'm doing something each day for all three of those things. And that's mm -hmm. when I am the biggest benefit to people that are in my world. That's mm -hmm. I, 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 I'm so much more outward when I'm doing those things for myself. That's weird to say, 
because it seems like that's a little selfish to have more time for me. Mm-hmm. But when I do those things, things for myself, I feel better. I feel healthier. And my desire to like help other people is a lot stronger. Totally. Yeah. You know, the taking care of yourself, it really makes a difference for you. And it makes a huge difference for everyone around you. Because if you're not taking care of yourself first, you can't be the best for everyone else. For me, um, if I don't get a workout in to start my day, if I don't get my, my morning routine of, you know, reading scriptures or something uplifting, um, listening to those talks, getting my workout in, getting my, you know, start my day off with prayer before all of that, you know, all of that's a part of my morning routine, making my beds a part of my morning routine. Um, you know, that, that it, it just is the first thing you can accomplish for the day. One of the first things. And so I've done that for a lot of years. Uh, Tirsa loves that. So that, that's been really good. So what happens if you have a wife that sleeps later than you? Do you just make your half and just kind of? No, I, I actually just do it after she gets up. Okay. So it doesn't get done. That's not done first thing. That's actually after either before I get my kids to school. Tirsa works the gym in the morning. Yeah. So it's either before I get the kids to school or right after. Yeah. But okay. it's before I go to work and it's done, you know. I'm going to start rolling my wife out of bed. I mean, she, she busts her butt and I, and I say this meaning she works way harder than I do, but I'm going to start rolling her out of bed and be like, Hey, I've got to make the bed before I go to work. If I don't make this, then I'm losing out on the day already. Right. So well, there's a, there's a really good YouTube. Um, believe it's by, he's a Navy Admiral, Admiral McRaven or Lieutenant McRaven. I forget his, his rank, but very high ranking. Yeah. And he wrote a book called make your bed <laughs> and, and he has a talk called make your bed and it's, yeah. it's awesome. So yeah. it's like, I'm, I'm going to do that. I made that part bad. of my day. Yeah. It's made a big difference. Um, so, so that, that's, that's our story on, on the morning routine. Um, my latest game changer for me, uh, I did this program recently. I started back in the summer and it was a 12 week program and it was called alpha hippie. And, uh, I was like, that's a crazy name, <laughs> uh, but I wanted to know more. And the interesting thing on this, this program is my business coach, Marcus Gersey in July. He's like, Hey, just so you know, this is going to be one of our last business coaching calls. And I was just, I was kind of like, what we're done. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I've decided I'm going to close down my business. And, and he told me a little bit about this idea. Is we have this, this other friend that owned a CrossFit gym out in uh, Chicago. He, had a, he has a place called O'Hare CrossFit. And um, he sold his gym. My friend sold his, his business coaching business. And they started this company called Alpha Hippie. And it's all about helping men become better. And, um, they, they focused on men. They said, because we're men, we feel we can help men better than women. So it's, it's totally for men. It gets a little crazy sometimes, um, you know, but but really fun. And, um, I went through this program that they built for 12 weeks. I, I was just totally intrigued that they both would stop their successful businesses. I know they were both doing great. And, um, so I went through that program and, and we 
I really worked on myself for 12 weeks and it, it made a huge difference. You know, we started out with, we did a, a eulogy, we did a perfect day and they really helped you to craft both of those, like how you'd want to, for the eulogy, you want to, we begin with that. That was one of the things also working out was a part of it, yeah. but a, a smaller part of it. So we started out with how you're going to create your workout program. And then we went into the next thing, a eulogy, how you want to be remembered in life. And then we created a perfect day. And then we did a bunch of other things. And um, what a game changer. Like everything that I've done over the years was awesome. But this one really made it individual and really created, really helped me to know where I want to go. It created, just gave me way more clarity and um, so I, I would finish that program back in November and uh, created core values, yeah. created my, my code, um, all these different things, just huge things, created some, some goals. They like to call them aims, like things we're aiming towards. And um, I'm now working through those. So That's I'm awesome. coming up to the, the first 12 weeks of finishing my first round of, of goals. And uh, that's where I'm at right now. So that's been a huge, huge game changer. Is this something you can do from home or, or do you go somewhere to do it? Like what? In our, in our COVID world. Yeah. uh, And they, and they created it this way. Originally Alpha Hippie was going to be a new gym. Yeah. And um, it was going to have a lot of different things. And then they, they um, created a, a full online program. They have a, a Facebook group called the way of the courageous man. And, um, that one's really cool. Some, some, uh, you learned some awesome things. They created a podcast called alpha hippie podcast, and, uh, they've done a lot of, a lot of cool things. Um, really, really learned a lot from them and, and it's made a huge difference for me. Um, the big thing we work, work on in that is relationships work and self. So those are my goals are all designed around those three things. Really? Relationship, work, self. Yeah. So creating better relationships, making your work life better, making sure you're doing what you really want to do in life. And then for self doing something that helps you to become better, whether it's creative or, you know, people that haven't been working out, making sure that they're going to continue on physically. And it's, it's been really cool. Like I've, I've seen it build confidence in, in a lot of men. Yeah. Uh, still a part of, I still do some calls with them at least once a month. And it's been cool. To to have a, to have a, a a training, if you will, that sits you down and kind of talks about like a eulogy, like who do you want to be known as? I mean, I mean, all of us, I think most of us have thought, Hey, you know, like what's going to end up on my tombstone, right? Like integrity is one of those shining words to me. If my, if people can remember me as like someone with integrity or like, um, you know, faith or, or something, you know, right. Like yeah. that's a man of faith or whatever. That's powerful. But like how, then, then do we actually take a step back and do we visualize our life and say, am I doing the things that I need to do daily to be remembered as that type of person? Or am I just hoping that by my overall life, like I'm going to be known as that thing? Cause that's something that's important to me. 
Mm-hmm. Well, if we if if that's the case, then we're not really actively being that. And this thing kind of sets you up to be that desire to be what you really want to be. That's awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. So Chris, tell me if if somebody hears this, it, first of all, if you live in Arizona and you want to get started and, and you want to, if, if there's any desire in you to like, you know, whether it's physical, mental, or, or spiritual, all the above, if you want to go and you want to connect and, and, and if people want to come and connect with you and tear, so what, where do they go? Do they come find you at the CrossFit? Can they reach out to you? How do they get in touch with you? You can go to crossfitpreferred.com or look up CrossFit Preferred on Instagram, on Facebook. I've had a problem at the original owners. I could never get just CrossFit preferred. So on Facebook, it's CrossFit preferred AZ that we're under, but you'll find us. We post something every day and, um, you can get to know us through that and, um, reach out to me. You can reach out to me on my, my personal Instagram at Chris Lissuer and, um, or, or Mike can get you my info. I'd love to talk with anyone and, and help. I'm, I'm here to help. When I post your information, I'll put, I'll definitely uh, post your contact information as well. Um, do you mind if I ask you some questions now, or, or do you feel like yeah. there's anything else you want to add to that? No, that's great. What a story, man. Um, okay, so um, I want to real quick. I want to I want to go back to you shared your core values with me um, when when we were getting ready to do the podcast together. I there's something really powerful to me about core values um, and actually writing them out, like taking the time to say. Who do I want to be? What what are my core values? I'm just gonna say yours real quick, if that's okay. And then yeah. can, I, can I ask like the question for you once I read them is why these things and have these things are these things that you've always wanted or have they developed like or have they become what you want to be because you've been actively doing all these things that you've been doing? Mm-hmm. So your core values are integrity, limitless, vitality and resiliency or being resilient. Mm-hmm. So, so talk about those for a second, if you will. So integrity, you know, I, I want to be, I'm in the used car business, so we're not usually known for that. Right. <laughs> but more importantly, I want to be somebody that they, that knows I'm always going to be straight with them, going to be honest with them and, and be true. You know, another part of integrity for me is being, true to what I want in my life and not being controlled or, or on someone else's agenda. That's really important to me with that. And for core values for years, I was like, I like so-and-so's core values. Those are great. That'll be my core values. And um, we worked on that in, in Alpha Hippie and I wrote down what they were. I wrote down like four or five of them and um, my great, coach Angelo Cisco, the other guy that owns Alpha Hippie, he, um, he really helped me work through them. And a big thing we did is we looked up the definition of each word. Yeah. And one of my, my core values, and I still think it's a great thing, especially from a gospel perspective, but one of them before I, I narrowed it down to these four was humble and um, I've shared this with some people and, and they don't like that it's not my, my core value anymore, some people. But if you look up the definition of humble, it's, it almost doesn't sound positive. You know? <laughs> and the world so, sees it as weak. Yeah. 
but it, we know it's not a weakness. You know, the way we understand, most of us understand humble is not getting full of ourselves, not having an ego. Like that's, that's my way. I understood it, but look up the definition and see if that's who you really want to be, you know? So I, I changed it. I took that one out of there. And, um, my next one was, was limitless. And for lim limitless to me is, you know, I didn't, I'm still not, I don't believe I'm ever going to reach there, you know, like I'm there, you know, <laughs> so I don't think I'm ever going to get made it. Yep, I, can I made it now. Finally at the top of the mountain. I'm going to go sit on the couch now. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to always have that attitude of being limitless. And I think I, I know I, there's actually words in alpha hippie that we try not to use. And one of them is think. That was one of them on my first day, my first call. He's like, I have your first homework assignment. Quit using that word think. So we want to be more concrete in what we do. Yeah. So I know with over time, one of the things that I've learned is start with where you're at. You know, don't, don't try and be like somebody else because you're never going to be that person. You know, start with where you're at and improve. I learned this from a couple different Navy SEALs, but the one that I attribute it to is a guy named Brad McLeod. And he has a, a site called SEAL Grinder PT. And he is one of my favorite people. And maybe some other time we can, we can do another podcast in the future. And I can tell you more stories, you know, from SILFIT and, and different things I've learned in physical experiences, like at Kokoro, SILFIT, recently did rim to rim to rim at the Grand Canyon, 48 miles all in one day. That was a, there were life lessons learned that day. That was just back in October. Huh. And, um, but the big thing Brad taught me was work on being 1% better a day. And I've, you know, a lot of us have heard that before, but when I was, was going through that program, it made a big difference. And there was a point in my, my Kokoro camp where they, you know, in, in military type things, and I was never in the military and I, and I believe I have a little bit of military envy now because <laughs> I've just <laughs> learned so much from these, these different guys over the years. But, um, Brad, there were two points during my 55 hours, maybe more than that. There were more than that, but there were two main times where the first one was they gave us a workout to do. It was called Murph. And that's a really big CrossFit workout. Some people will know it that listen to this, I'm sure. But Murph is a one mile run. It's 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, then a mile run. And to do it the correct way or the RX way in CrossFit, there's prescribed workouts. The prescribed way is with a 20 pound weight vest. But at Silfit, we wear combat boots, pants, um, a belt, you know, all that stuff. So not your normal workout attire. Yeah. And they give you a, a friend and it is the worst backpack you've ever worn in your life and it, it has no padding in the straps and then they tell you to go fill it with sand because oh. we we did this this uh thing this event 
in Encinitas, California when I did it. And so we went to the beach and we got wet and sandy. I mean, it was the coolest Navy SEAL experience ever. Like, you know, like you really got, I really felt like after I finished it, it was like, could I have been a SEAL? Yeah. You know? I know that it wasn't just the workout. It wouldn't have been easy. Who knows what happened, what would have happened on that. But I'm not saying that I could have been a SEAL. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are amazing. Yeah. So, but, but 1% a day, work on, on being a little bit better every day. After that Murph workout, there was a time cap. And I didn't know if I was going to finish the way it was going. The friend, the backpack, it weighed over 40 pounds. And we had to do a hundred pull-ups with that thing. I'm not the strongest guy. I'm, I'm more of an endurance guy than a, a strength guy. And um, so my endurance was there the whole time we were there, but doing a hundred pull-ups with that pack after, oh, by the way, we'd been awake or been doing the event for over 13, 14 hours at that point. Insane. And we had just done 13 miles on the beach. Oh my gosh. Getting our butts kicked. Okay. <laughs> getting wet and sandy. Everything you, you imagine it to be, that's what it was like. Yeah. Okay. And so I didn't finish it. And this was the first night. And they said, there were a few of us, there were probably like five to 10 of us that didn't finish. And I only missed it by a couple minutes. And looking back, you know, looking back during that time, I was like, man, I could have done better here. I could have been done better there. Just like how we go about life. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I'm always like, oh, I could have done better there. You know, sometimes that drives my wife nuts that I, you know, will say that. Yeah. But, um, but that helps me to keep going. So I didn't make it. They said, I'm sorry, guys, this is the end of your, your Silfit experience. You're all going home. Oh. And and I believe they did that. And they, I've heard in other camps, they have sent people home oh, for this. Yeah. But they didn't send me home, which I was super grateful for. Part of me when they told me I was going home was relieved because <laughs> I had had my butt kicked up until that point. But I knew if I went home then, I would have been so mad. And I would have only done that for the next year of that training, yeah. you know. To, yeah. or to the next camp till I could do it again. And so luckily I was able to keep going. There was another point where I wanted to quit. I go off on tangents. Sorry. Nope, this is good. <laughs> but, but Brad was, you got me thinking about Brad. And um, before we started all that whole camp, Mark Devine was like, I want you to really think about why you're here. And when the tough times come, think about why you're here. And so there was another time on the second day before the, the second night where I was like, I just don't think I can do this anymore. And Brad McLeod came up to me and he just like kind of put his arm around me and he's like, remember why you're here, you know, keep going, keep going. And, and, and you'll get back in the game. Yeah. And so he was like the, the Navy seal whisperer, you know, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I love that. He was so cool. He's just one of my favorite people. And so he helped me in that moment. And it, and we all need that. We all need somebody when we're going through a tough time, that's like, Hey, you can make it through this. You can do this. And he was that person for me during that, that time. And, oh, cool. 
he's he he left a big impression on me um, from that, and it's something I've carried with me ever since. Where I just want to be a little bit better every day. Some days we're going to go backwards and we're not going to be good, but we just start off where we're at from that day and we get a little bit better. And that's that's the way I like to to live my life. On that note, I I would I would I would ask like, is is this something that that you really see is is added value to you in the sense of helping people around you Mm -hmm. it definitely is that's that's one of my favorite things and one of my other projects that i want to work on that i was was telling you called transcend daily and i i put that to the side for a little while to to work on the gym but i've i've been having a strong desire to work on that again and um i've also had the you know the opportunity and and, and really good experience of helping a few other people along the way. And um, some of my best conversations with people are out on the trail, you know, either hiking or running. There's something about being out in nature. And um, it, I feel the spirit out there more. For me, I feel the spirit out there more than anywhere. Um, you know, I just feel really good out there and have just some really powerful conversations with people. But um, I've been able to to help some friends along the way with that, and then um, you know really help them to start where they're at and build up. And that's been a really awesome experience to be able to do that. And I I love seeing people grow and and become better, and seeing that that light get in their eye and become you you know sometimes you just see when it clicks, and there's nothing better than that to me than helping someone. And, and we have the opportunity to do that with church in our everyday life, there's a lot of different ways we, at the gym for me, there's a lot of different ways that we can do that. But, you know, when we serve somebody, I think it was maybe the last person you spoke to, um, is his name Joe? Joe Schmidt. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think it was him that sometimes when we serve people, it's, it's almost selfish because it, I mean, we definitely get to help them but it does help us to become better too. And, and I, and I love that, that part about it too. He's a, he's quite the man. And you're right. He said that almost in, almost mm-hmm. initially in the podcast. Um, thank you for that. That That's beautiful. I've got a couple more questions for you. Is that okay? Definitely. I look back at this whole thing and I'm like, okay, Chris, well, this is, this is, I mean, come on. Like you're not just standing there to try a, an iron man. You see him swimming. You're like, okay, I'm going to start this crazy journey. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be tough. It's going to be holy moly. Like mm-hmm. something happened in your life to get you to the point where you weren't okay with standing still and going with the flow, going take just, just kind of reacting, if you will. Mm-hmm. What put you in a place that when you saw that you were like, I want to do that. Yeah. I filled this out in your questionnaire yesterday and it, it really, this, this was a pivotal point in my life. Um, you know, I went on, on a mission um, back in 96 to Baltimore, Maryland. And, you know, this, I, would, I would see these cars. And in Maryland at the time, they gave you, they didn't do this in Arizona. So I thought it was interesting. But I would see these tabs on the license plates. And it would say like October 1998 or something. I'd be like, I'll be home then for my mission. And I was dwelling on it, you know, like I can't, (laughs) I was like, I cannot wait till that, that time comes. And 
I, I love the way the church helps people with missions now and prepares them. I did not go out on that mission prepared. And I don't think a lot of people do. So that's, that's not an excuse for me, but ultimately by January, I'd only been out a few months and I had just talked myself into it. And I was like, I am not doing this anymore. And I, and I, I didn't have anything that was causing me to have to go home. Um, but I was like, I just don't want to do this. And I was a, a young 19 year old and, um, I'd made the decision and I, you know, I had some people that were helping me and encouraging me, um, to stay out. And I talked with some general, I think I talked with the general authority, um, you know, different things. My mission president was a, was president Ballard's brother. Mm. And, um, you know, one, one thing that he said, and, and he had awesome intentions, you know, he wanted to help me stay out there. And, and I know I would have learned a lot when I was out there. Sure. But one thing he said was, you know, if you stay out here, you're, you're going to meet a better wife. And I said, well, I don't want a wife that wouldn't love me if I didn't do a serve a mission, you know? And so gratefully I found her, you know, and she's been awesome. She's amazing. Uh, she's, she, she is amazing. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, so, so that we know that that's not true. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but he had great intentions by saying yeah. that. And, you know, I ultimately, I came home and there was somebody, and I don't know, I feel like somebody told me this, you know, behind my back. Deaf person definitely didn't say it to my face but they said, he'll always be a quitter. And, and I thought mm. at that point, and I learned a lot on my mission, you know, my, my patriarchal blessing actually says that your mission will be especially yours. And I wonder if that's what I meant for that, or if my mission's continuing, yeah. you know, and it's still mine. And I, and I believe maybe a little bit of both, Amen. but, um, you know, that, that comment, stung and i felt like yeah right you don't know me and uh i have used that as as my mantra like i'm not a quitter yeah and i and i keep going and i cannot think of anything that i've quit and sure there's little things along the way but i can't think of anything big that i backed away from and and i really if i knew who that person was i'd give him a hug and, and tell them, thank you, you know, cause that made a big difference for me. Yeah. My other two core values, vitality and resilient. I forgot we didn't finish those. Um, vitality is all about being stronger spiritually, mentally, physically, and then resilient is all about how we respond to things that come to us along our way. And I, and I hope that with all the, the training I'm doing and, and things that I'm practicing each day that when the tough times come and I know that they're going to come for each of us, that I'll be resilient and I'll keep, keep moving on. Yeah, I trust, I trust that what I'm doing will help me along the way. There's no doubt. And, and I, I think that the patterns, the, the patterns, the processes um, that you've set up in your life, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about, right? That you're acting, this is how you're acting and this is who you're setting up. And, 
you know, Chris, I, I know during that time in my life, you may not have known it, but I watched you and I saw you and I saw what you were doing. And, and I benefited a lot from that. I, you know, I, I think at the time I wasn't really ready to embrace a lot of, of those things that you were doing, but I saw them. I saw the discipline. I saw the desire for growth. I saw how you treated people. And, um, I remember one time I made a mistake with a, with a person I sold a car to and, and you kind of, you kind of, you kind of lit into me like in a nice way. You, you don't, you don't, you're, you don't, you're not a, a, you're very stable emotionally. Like, yes, you can get upset, but I, I never felt like, like afraid for my life when you, when you, when you, bought it. <laughs> I have my moments though. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm still growing in that area. This is one of those times that, that like I did something wrong and you, you, you kind of let me have it without like in a really good way. And then shortly thereafter, you, you came up to me and, and you put your arm around me and explained why, and, and you built, you built value in me. And I felt so good after that happened because of the way you did it. And because I knew I knew who you were at that point, right? I'd seen the patterns of your life and, and the person that you were, and I knew you. And I and that that's always stayed with me. And Thanks. you did so much more for me than you realized without even saying certain specific words to me at that period of my life. I've always looked back at you at, during that time when I was falling apart as like an idea of what I wanted to try and have in my life. And it's blessed my life tremendously. And I've always looked at you as one of my heroes in life. Thank you. And, um, so, so keep it up, man. Um, so to, I'm, I'm going to be very quick with these because I know we're, we're getting short on time here and I'm sorry to keep you so long. Oh, you're okay. You're um, that was the darkest time in your life. I'm assuming, right. When that whole around that whole mission experience and then having somebody say something so difficult for you. It, it bothered me. You know, it, I can say it actually bothered me up until a few years ago. Yeah. Like I never would say, tell anyone I came home early from my mission. Yeah. You know? And into the rest of the world, that probably just sounds crazy, but it's such a big part of our culture, you know, Yep. that that it was a big deal. And I, I feel like I did carry some shame with me for a lot of years and I know I would have grown and become better, but I also know that I learned looking back now, know that I learned a lot from that experience and it helped me to become who I am today. And it also has given me the opportunity to help others that have come home early and yeah. to put my arm around them and be like, this doesn't mean you, you don't keep trying and you, you don't keep doing your best. Yeah. So that, that thing that could have really disconnected you from really the life that you were living up to that point, it could have disconnected you. It could have broken you down. It could have made you stop. It could have stopped you in your tracks and made you kind of turn a different direction and, and live in that shame, if you will. Mm-hmm. Instead, you, it, you used it to drive you that, that some would look at that and say, that's a failure, you know, like, yeah, it's a two year mission. You grow your whole life to whatever that could have crippled you. And, and that brings shame. And if you, it, when you go to church and you sit in a church setting, how many times do you hear men talk about their missions, which nothing wrong with that, but we don't, you know, when, when we're the person sharing something, we don't think about everybody else in their circumstances and situations and how our words might affect them. So shame could have been a powerful thing for you and that you wouldn't have been able to build yourself like you have, Yeah. but it's okay. Like you, you forgave yourself, like you, you offered yourself grace and mercy, mm-hmm. if you will. And it drove you to be better. And my gosh, Chris, like you, you look at your life now and what you're doing for people and you're making, you're making 
spiritual eternal impacts on people right now in ways that like you wouldn't even even have been able to do on your mission and that's amazing that's amazing i mean you you've done phenomenal um tell me last question i have for you and and i kind of want i i would i would ask you to to share what the darkest hour what's the gift that it gave you but you you just told us that and 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 now you have an opportunity to turn around and help people in theirs right um Tell me about if if you that person who's really struggling right now, um, living in shame, living in just beating themselves up, feeling like they suck, they're worthless, nothing they do is right, they they're failing in all these things like school and friendships and just people are there, right? We live in that shame that tells us everything we do is awful and wrong. And we're not as good as anybody else. If you have a minute to sit down with that person, what are you going to say to them? I would say, and I've had this opportunity recently with somebody, but um, the biggest thing is stop dwelling on what's not going right. And, and look for what's going great for you and build off of that. And as we build off the things that we're doing good at, we can keep making them better. That 1% better a day thing makes a huge difference. It doesn't mean you got to read, you know, be a completely different person tomorrow. Just 1% is not that much. But the cool thing about 1% is it, com- it compounds and you become better and better and better. And it um, doesn't mean you're going to, you know, where life's kind of like a stock chart. It'll go up and down and, you know, all kinds of different <laughs> things. Or like a mountain we climb, you're going to hit false summits and you're going get, to get down, but keep climbing, keep moving forward. And, and you're going to have an awesome life. Build off of where you're at. Start where you are and, and don't compare. As you've tried to do that, have you seen God's hand in your life? 100%. Um, as I look back. I know that those things and, you know, the biggest thing from a spiritual side lately that has really stood out to me, um, you know, we've been all learning about personal revelation in different things in our church. And um, the biggest thing for me with personal revelation is figure out where you're at, work on becoming a little bit better. And you may not know what the next step is or what the next answer is, but as you do that, it, it become, it gets revealed to you. You receive that, that personal revelation and it makes a huge difference for you. I love it. That is awesome. So, so audience, again, if you want to connect with Chris, I will post some information so that you can CrossFit preferred is in Arizona and and that your CrossFit is in Gilbert, correct? Yep. Gilbert, Arizona. And Gilbert, Guadalupe and Higley. There you go. Guadalupe and Higley. And then you've got your website. You, I mean, you can connect through social media through the CrossFit preferred website, or, or you've got another one transcend daily. Yeah. That one I'm not really doing much with, but if you wanted to, I, you know, I, for a year, I actually posted stuff Yeah. and part of me is like, I should, maybe I should take it down, you know, but I do want to get back to that at some point. And so I need to set a process in place for that one. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to say something to you right now. And I think you're going to understand why I say this, Chris, I don't think you can do it, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you can Thanks. do it. 
Yeah. So there you go, folks. He's going to be writing in it daily from now on because he just yep. got cold. He couldn't do it. Totally. No, I, so, so I hope those listening understand this is, I, I know this is a man that walks his talk. Uh, this is a man that um, really lives what he says and, and with integrity does those things. And, and Chris, I look up to you a million ways. You've been a light in my life. And I mean that with all my heart. It was very important to me when my wife and I went back uh, down to Arizona to live there for just a short time. One of the first thoughts I had is um, I want to see Chris and I want to tell him thank you. And I want to tell him I'm sorry. And when I said, I'm sorry to you, I made sure to look you in the eyes and sincerely say it. And the first thing he said to me, don't even worry about it. Yeah. Like you, you didn't, there was nothing there. You just told like you built value in me and Thanks. uh I just want you to know I love you and you are you're making a huge impact, a huge difference in this world and and we need people like you that that live the way you, you do because it's it's beautiful and it's it's inspiring. Thank you. Same to you too. And I love you like a brother. So I I love what you're doing and I'm super grateful that we had the opportunity to talk today. It's been really fun. Thanks so much, my friend. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you for tuning in to Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed today's show. I would love to hear your feedback. You can subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcast or any podcast platform you use. If you or someone you know has a delightful story to share that I need to talk to, please email me at come towards delight at gmail.com.